Welcome everybody to today's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. Boy, have I got a load full of stuff for you this week. There's been a lot of stuff happening around the globe, which is having an impact in Australia, uh, particularly with our property pricing. I want to talk about um, some of the confusion that you're probably feeling at the moment. You know, there's a lot of commentators saying, oh, we're in a bubble and the bubble's going to burst and how can property prices go any higher? Well, I want to address that this week. Now, that's why I do these, these updates because that's why I call them the Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass because I want to make you more intelligent. I want to make you uh, more intelligent so that you can make better decisions and therefore make more money, get better results. Now, if you're listening to me on any one of the podcast platforms, please, super please, go across to my website at some stage, which is iloverealestate.tv, so that you can get all the charts. I want you to understand the charts because the more you understand, the more you're going to be able to see through a lot of the rubbish that is out there in the marketplace. So let's get into it. What have we got this week? All right. Well, this week, you know, the report is really about how property gave these Aussies the greatest profit in 39 years. Pretty big call, that one, but that's actually what's, what's happening right now. We're going to be talking about why the world is in the middle of an energy crisis and why that's a good thing for Australia. We're going to be looking at why the spring selling season is late, but it's finally here, and why that means that we're going to see uh, prices accelerate into the future, uh, or even further, I mean. Then we're going to talk about how property uh, boosted Aussie's wealth by $1 trillion in just six months. Now, that's a bucket load of money, I can tell you and why the top end of town is soaring and why the rest of the country is actually going to join them. So let's get into it. Let's start with energy pricing. Now we're in an energy crisis. Now this, we're not really feeling it so much here in Australia, but it's happening around the world. Now the thing is, this energy crisis that's going on is actually good news for Australia. You see, we are a resource rich country and consequently, when uh, resources are in uh, scarce, we do well. Property uh, pr prices of resources go up, um, and because of that, we do very well. Our balance of trade is very strong. Now, there's some news during the week about the Brits and how they're going and filling up their their jerry cans because they, um, you know, they're running out of fuel. Now, look, that all started because of a trucky issue and delivery and all of those kind of things, but it's compounded. And uh, it's compounded into things like LNG, natural gas. And this is the result. The natural gas prices have gone absolutely through the roof. Now, this really started back um, the beginning of, of 2021, end of 2020. Uh, we started to see natural gas really start to skyrocket up. This, this is a trend that is way eclipsed everything that has been in the past, even GFC. Now, I want to talk specifically about what happened with GFC, the global financial crisis back in 2008, then continued on and then really got, uh, you know, we, we started to really climb out of it in 2012. LNG was not such a resource in demand back then as it is now. 
So consequently, we're seeing unprecedented increases in LNG. There's a big push towards green energy and things like that. So, so um, LNG is considered to be one of those green energy um, products, and that's why we're seeing this big surge. But we start to have a look at thermal coal. Now, that's where we come in because thermal coal is often a substitute for natural gas. So when natural gas prices are, are climbing, a lot of people switch across to the thermal coal and what we're seeing here is coal prices are also going up. Now, this is what really affects us. Now, we see here, this is the chart for coal. Now, notice the difference in this chart, which is the coal chart, um, versus the natural gas chart back in 2008 where we had the global financial crisis. We haven't got to the highs that we saw for uh, in 2000, uh, 2008 through 2012 because, um, you know, we, do, we haven't got, got there yet. So the expectation is that we're going to see a little bit more here in the coal price. And that's really showing through when you start to have a look at the futures. Coal futures over here, look at them. This is in US dollars per tonne, massively going up there. Uh, LNG is starting, well, it hasn't come back, but the futures are saying, which is the future contracts, the expectation is that it will pull back there. But this is all very, very good for Australia on a macro scale because it means we've got more money for our exports. Um, so even though we had all of that kerfuffle with China, and we've still got a kerfuffle with China, let's face it, um, it really hasn't affected us because there's been such a global demand for what we were selling anyway uh, in this resource market that we've just switched to other countries. So it really hasn't, hasn't affected us the way it has in some other industries like, you know, lobsters and wine and tourism and education and things like that. Definitely they've been affected, but certainly not in the resource, resource sector. Um, this is, uh, you know, the trade with China. Um, it, it's, it's actually up in our raw commodities, such as uh, goods and services. So even though they're making a big hullabaloo in the news, in the mainstream media about how China doesn't like us anymore, they're still really taking in a lot of our goods and services and our, and our um, rural commodity pricing is still up there as well. So, yeah, it's been a blip, but it's not as bad as everybody thinks. And that's good news right across the board because when you have a sector in the economy that, that suffers badly um, and it's a strong sector, then you, it has flow-on effects for the property market. We're not seeing that in Australia because the industries that have been affected by what happened with China uh, are, not, are not large enough industries to have a flow-on effect to the property pricing because there's a lot of other factors that are affecting the property market. So let's now have a look at um, you know, number two, which was the property sellers make the best profits in 39 years. That's a long time ago right now. If we start to have a look at clearance rates, now everybody knows the property market's moving. I've been saying this for a long time, I can tell you. But the clearance rates are well and truly up. The last lockdown here we can see took a bit of a dive and then it's uh, it's well and truly on its, on its way up again. So, you know, the, even though lockdown for New South Wales and Victoria have had certainly a lot of impacts, including psychological and a whole lot of other things, the uh, how it affects the property market is not really that bad. There's a lot of online auctions. There's a lot of um, buying sight unseen, which I really don't agree with. But anyway, um, and, and consequently, that's flowing through to the clearance rates. And when you look at clearance rates up here, right across the board, I mean, Melbourne's been the lowest, but that's still up. 
you know, go back a few, uh, like a month ago, that was in the 30s, where it's not now. You know, up here in the 80s, that's exceptionally high for clearance rates. And it's right across all the capital cities. Sydney there at 85, Melbourne's at 76, still high. Uh, Adelaide at 85, Brisbane at 86, and Canberra running there at 84. So really, really strong figures. When you have a look at the uh, weekly property sold, this is actually something that has changed just recently. They're starting to be more people listing their properties, mainly because they can get such a good price and they can, you know, there's, there's more properties actually being listed. I mean, the agents are fighting like crazy for listings at the moment still uh, because they've got so many buyers. Demand is still so very, very strong. So a lot of sellers are actually starting to think, yeah, well, maybe I will sell. I'll get a good price. I'll make a profit. And that's what we're seeing here. The red line is 2021. So these are the listings we're up to, um, you know, at the moment. Uh, 2020 was obviously lower, but look at even 2019 was, was pretty low as well. We have a look at the uh, new listings trend relative to previous years. Um, where are we? The, uh, the dark blue line here is where we are 2021. Um, the, the red line was 2019. So we're, we're slightly under what we were in 2019 right now, but uh, it has been higher back in May, June, July. With lockdown, we've come down a little bit, um, but certainly not as low as where we were in the middle of COVID 2020. So this is just pulling out that figure. They were the national figures. You can have a look at Sydney. Again, uh, you know, great, great results really there for Sydney. Melbourne, um, the dark blue line, they've started to pick up. Uh, not as good as they we have been in previous years, which is the red line there for, uh, for I'll put it on a big screen for you, for uh, 2019. The red line is 2019. The dark blue line is where we are for, for uh, 20, 2021. Um, so a little bit below that in Melbourne, not so much in Sydney. We've started to, to eclipse that. If you look at Brisbane, we levelled off a little bit in Brisbane, but Brisbane really didn't get affected like all the other major capital cities or most of the other capital cities. Adelaide didn't either. So these are the two cities that haven't really been affected so much by shutdowns and, and all those things. And consequently, our price hasn't had a, had a dive. We didn't have the dive like Sydney and Melbourne did in the early stages. So consequently, our figures there are pretty good. There's Perth. Again, record numbers there in Perth. And that's really off the back of the resource sector. Although iron ore pricing has started to come down, so that will start to have a little bit more of an effect on, uh, on Perth as well. So when we start to have a look at, you know, the, the headlines, um, sellers reap millions as Sydney house prices surge. And this is where Sydney, the sellers are making more money now than they have in the last 39 years from their sales. And that's what this chart came, came out with. CoreLogic came out with this chart during the week. And it shows that 97% of, um, of houses in Sydney that are being sold are being sold at a profit. 98.9 in Melbourne, 98% in Brisbane, 97% in Adelaide. Perth down a little bit of 83% there. Hobart's at 97.6, Darwin's at 75.6, 
ACT 98.7, nationally we're running at 94.4. So, you know, that's, that's, um, that's incredible. I'm obviously got the unit figures here. Units not so much because we've had a ridiculous things going on with units and particularly the, the big bump that we had with um, Chinese coming in and buying a lot of the properties and things like that and pushing up the pricing. So a lot of people did buy in that bubble um, and now they're, if they're selling in the units, not so much. But in housing, oh my God. You know, that's the highest profit that we have had. 90, over 90% of the sellers are making good money. And that's why we've started to see listings start to come up a little bit. So uh, property boosts the Aussie, Aussie pockets to the tune of a trillion dollars. This was announced during the week. Um, house prices lift wealth by $1 trillion. Now, that's just in the last six months. That's, that's off the charts incredible. Uh, especially, um, you know, given everything else and we'll talk about lockdowns and, and uh, some sectors not doing well, like tourism and, and hospitality and those sort of things. And the thing is, we expect this to continue on because, because we haven't seen the end of the cash splash yet. See, this is the real thing. Prices will continue to grow while ever we have this this across-the-board the um, uh, policy of splashing the cash. Now, what do I mean by that? Printing money. All of that money going back into the economy is what is surging our savings. It's surging our wealth. And then property prices respond to that. So there's, that increases demand. So property prices go up again. So that gives us more wealth more money to be able to borrow against to go into other properties. It's, it's just this cycle that's going right now and there's no end that we can see to the cash splash. So until that starts to really um, pull back significantly, not just a little bit, but significantly, we are going to see house prices continue to move. So this is a, a chart of real wealth. Now, this is in Australia. You can see there how real wealth has, has dramatically increased. That is, the green part here is financial assets. I'll put it on the big screen. Oh, we're on the big screen. Uh, financial assets there. And then the, uh, the blue one uh, are dwellings. So it's obviously in our homes. And then uh, consumables. You can barely see that that's the, um, that's the orangey bits up there. So, you know, it's massive and, and it's going to continue. If you look at this chart, now this is a US chart and I want to show you this because this isn't just Australia. This is a trend right around the globe. Take the US as an example. This is the printing of money going on here um, and this is a, as a percentage of their GDP. So you, this chart here goes back to 1951. Now, now this isn't just in money terms. This is in terms of the size of their economy. So how much money is being thrown out compared to the size of their economy now versus how much money was thrown out in, say, 1951 compared to the size of their economy? And that's, in, you know, look at the chart. Look at it. Just, you know, we're not even, what's that? What would that be? One, two, three, four, five times what they were doing back in, say, the early stage of 1951. Down in the, um, the, the 70s, it started to pull off again and then boosted up from the 80s onwards. How are they doing that? They're doing that by the bond buying. We're doing the same thing. Basically, the Reserve Bank of Australia is buying uh, bonds off the government 
um, the government is then using that money to splash around the economy. So that's this bond buying is what has caused it. That's the that was the recession that we saw there. Now this is an American chart, but Australia was very similar. That uh, that little line going down there is was the um, two consecutive negative GDP um, quarters that we had, and we got you know that 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 caused the cash splash. But we haven't stopped. America hasn't stopped either. Look at this. You know, and it's, and it's going north. It's not coming back. It's going north. And that's exacerbating the demand for housing and therefore the pricing in housing. Historically, if this is a chart for the US, um, and it goes back to 1914. So the last time we had anywhere near this was back in the Great Depression of the 1930s. That's what this is here. This is the Great Depression of the 1930s. Um, that was World War One. Look at that. Ish. Um, and then this is what we're doing now. So, and this is as a proportion of GDP. So it's not, you know, it, it's not just dollar terms that make this chart look the way it is. It's it's in terms of GDP, the size of the economy at the time. This is a UK chart. Now this chart, with a lot more figures on it, it goes back to the 1700s. <laughs> now I can't remember what was going on in the 1700s as to why we had that big spike. Maybe somebody can uh, put it in the comments or whatever. Is, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember. Well, I wasn't around at the time, but my history doesn't recall. Um, then we have the Great Depression here. Um, that was GFC that we saw that little bump there. And look what's happening now. Like proportionately, this just blows your mind. And while ever this is going on, property prices are going to continue to go up. You can't afford to be not educated right now. You just can't. You can't afford to to be stepping out of the uh, stepping out of the out of the market. You know, you have your money sitting out of the market right now. You're going to get left behind. So those who are in the market, fantastic. You need to be more in the market. Those people who are not in the market, you need to get into the market. Now, look, I know if you're sitting there going, "Oh, but I can't get serviceability. I can't get a loan. I haven't got a job. I haven't got this. I haven't got a whatever." Oh. All of that is just a lack of education. Now, I know that's harsh, and I know you're going to sit there and go, oh, what would you know? I know, because there are lots of deals that you can be doing, that you can get serviceability for, that you can get into, into the market. you just got to know how. And that is why I spend my last 20, 25 years in this industry teaching people how to do that how to get into the market, how to, to buy properties where you create your own boom, let alone riding on the back of ones like this. So that's why I've set aside those um, one-hour appointments with one of my advisors so you can talk about where you're at. You can talk about what you want to achieve and they'll tell you how we can help you because with education, you can change that stuff and, and there's a lot more of this to come. So you need to be part of that. Have a look at this chart. This is a US um, um, bank deposits. So th again, this is about the, the money circulating in the economy, their balance sheet. If we go back here, this is GFC. See how that increased? This is what we've done since GFC. Look at that. Look at that. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. You know, $14 trillion in, in this little run here. And these dark lines are the recessions that they've had. So they've had three recessions in the last 20 odd years. We've only had two because we, we escaped that one over there. Uh, actually, we escaped this one here, beg your pardon. Um, and our recession was actually a little bit prior to that. But it was back in the 90s. So, 
this is, you know, it's, it's beyond belief how much money is circulating right now, right across the board. This is a monetary reset and property prices are part of that. And that is why we are seeing this chart here where our financial assets are so high. We're not quite as high as we were um, from a wealth perspective as we were at the, the, the height of it over there in GFC, which would again indicate there's more to come. Can't say it any, any plainer than that. And it's showing through in the top end of town. You know, the top end of town is leading the way. If you have a look at this chart here, you can see the, um, the, the top 25%, which is this dark uh, red line there. That's the line there. It's leading the way with the, the percentage increase. Then we've got the, um, the middle of the market and then we've got the bottom of the market. So, you know, even though percentage-wise, no, percentage-wise, as a percentage of the actual value of the property, even with that taken into account, the top end of town is blowing the charts off. Now, what normally happens here is that the lower end of the market follows suit. So there's more to come. All of this is saying there's more to come. If you look at this chart here, this is the cumulative change in properties uh, listed for sale. Um, for the first 38 weeks of 2020 versus the first 38 weeks of 20 of 2021 and again massive uh, massive increases compared to where we were before so there's a lot more people taking advantage of the phenomenon that we're, we're experiencing right now this just shows you how many people are actually searching for properties over a million dollars right now the cumulative how many and and again you know like there's there's a lot more this year than there was last year um the there's the sales over three million dollars god look at wa that's that's incredible so this has come out for what people are actually searching for what they're what they're driving for right now and this shows you the share of um of searches for properties at or above a million dollars and you know look at this look at this out here 30 percent 30 to 36 percent of people are searching for properties in excess of a million dollars now we haven't seen that before and look i know inflation and whatever else but a million dollars we haven't had inflation quite as as um strongly as we would have liked we're not up in the two and a half to threes we're still way under the twos at the moment um so we can't just blame inflation here this is you know this is something that uh that I think really represents the amount of money slushing around in the economy. So the top 25% of dwelling values um, have led growth across both Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Canberra right through the six months through to the end of August. It's incredible what's going on. So my little thought for the week to leave you on, I thought there's all of this stuff's going on and I know a lot of you are in lockdown as well and you probably got a whole lot of pressures with that and homeschooling or or you know keeping your sanity or whatever else I really I really thought this was appropriate for the week slow down to speed up because we can get all excited about the market and this and frustrated because we can't get into this deal and you get pipped at that one what happens over here and da -da -da. just chill the hell out slow down and really take note of what you want reevaluate where you are and where you want to be in five years time 
and actually give yourself the chance, give yourself the opportunity to achieve that. You know, invest in yourself, invest in you, invest in, in you know, who you are, invest in your, your, your mental state, invest in your, your uh, um, education in this space because that's what will shine through. That's what's actually going to give you the best results. So my message for the week is slow down in order to speed up. So take up one of those breakthrough sessions. They're 60 minutes long. They are free. Talk to one of my advisors. Have a talk about your goals. Have a talk about where you want to be in five years' time and the road to get there. Have a talk about whatever obstacles you think you've got right now and how perhaps that's not really an obstacle at all. You just don't know how to get around it. And they're, they're going to be very, very valuable for you. So make sure you take one of those up. All you've got to do is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. I'll say it again. iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. And jump on there. Make one of those appointments. Put it in your diary. Make sure you turn up on time. And I know my advisors are going to be very valuable to you. So that's it for me this week with the, um, the Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you got a lot out of it because we've had an incredible week and we've got a, we've got a lot more to come. And I really wanted to address what uh, I'm hearing through the grapevine about, oh, the bubble's going to burst and all these things. It will eventually, but we've got a long way to go before then. And that slushing round of money in the economy is uh, prolonging it longer than you think, not just here, but right around the globe. So you've got to be part of that. The longer you leave it, the, uh, the harder it is going to be for you. It's not impossible. It's never impossible at any time, but the harder it's going to be, which is why I need you to take up one of those appointments, get yourself in, the, in the, uh, the driver's seat again where you're controlling your future, you're controlling your money, and you're making the profits. That's it for me, guys. Catch you again next time, and uh, I'll see you next week. Bye now.